I feel the same. Bloop. I feel the same. <laughs> I feel unchanged so far. We we actually talked about everything already, and all of our thunder is gone. So this is it. That's uh, that was. The we show. actually did the whole um, show and forgot to hit live. Yeah, uh, it happens yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> Welcome to Black Hills Information, talking about the news. Anyways, I'll be your host today, Ralph May, and we are joined together with a great cast. We got Noah, we got Ryan, who keeps us all kind of together. We have Default Settings, also known as Corey Ham, uh, trying to uh, keep it cool. And <laughs> we got Ben today on another exciting uh, news episode. What's up, guys? I actually meant to change that from the default <laughs> settings. <my God. laughs> as long as you uh, just... change your default password, you're, you're okay. Oh, wait. Yes. Is default password with a space in it not the most secure password? Well, I mean, the space really does throw off the algorithm a little, I feel like. Yeah, dude, they know? don't know about... Hashcat doesn't know about spaces yet. It, it's not even in there. Like, it's not even part... Like, where, you know... Uh, I mean, I guess it's a key, but I just don't use it that often, right? It's just all one word. <laughs> oh, jeez. So what articles do you guys want to talk today? Maybe John will join us. Who knows? It's always a mystery. Uh, sometimes he, he joins. I think he's off saving the planet, um, he's, stopping APT Recovering. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Hold, hold on. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Spoke too soon. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's like I summoned him almost. I feel like that's what happened. I don't know if that's actually what happened, but it felt like... I, felt, I felt the disturbance <laughs> in the force. Yeah. No, really, John got on YouTube, saw what was going on. He's like, I better get yeah, in Yeah, I better get in yeah. This is going, this is <laughs> this like is going badly. Yeah. Uh, this is this is a house burning and no fire department anywhere near. <laughs> it's already guys, you've only been at it for four minutes. <laughs> we like to set the standard low. We, I didn't even change my name from yeah. the default. We are live. We are live. <laughs> oh we, you just missed the intro music, John. That's perfect. Yes. That's perfect. You, you really showed up. And actually, I was just mentioning you and then saying, what article do we want to talk about? Hopefully, John will join us. I said you're off saving the planet, hopefully stopping APT groups. You know, yeah. it goes. Yeah, so why don't we running... talk about the APT groups? Or I was running late for lunch. Let's go with saving the world. I like that better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lurk since I'm coming into this game like low and slow. So I'll let Ralph drive today. All right. I'm not sure if you're on the right mic either, John. No. All right, just give me a second. All right, Ralph, take us in. Right. Air tags, right. APT groups, yeah. ubiquity. Let's actually, yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk about those air tags real quick. Okay. For uh, I read this article actually um, the other day uh, before I even realized it was going to be on the news. So kind of cool. But thieves, car thieves, are using AP or using uh, I almost said APT air tags <laughs> uh, to find cars. <laughs> using APTs to find cars. It's amazing. No, they're using air tags to find cars, and uh, I guess for like high profile thefts, right? So stealing like you know nicer cars. What they're doing is they're putting the air tag on the car, and then. Uh, stealing the car at their house, right? And so the AirTag pings back. Now, um, there's a couple things that are kind of interesting about this. One is if you have an AirTag near you and you have an iPhone, it'll let you know that there's a AirTag tracking you, assuming you have an iPhone. If you don't have an iPhone, then that's kind of what the AirTag needs to tell whoever owns the AirTag where it's at, right? Or someone has to walk by your car and have that. So uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, AirTags to track people. Even though technically 
Apple does have some protections in place. Like it will let you know, hey, listen, this tag is next to you. It's been next to you for the last whatever, and you're driving down the highway. But yeah. Yeah, but aren't people, by the way, is my mic better now? It is oh, yeah. much better. Fantastic. All right. Aren't, aren't people like pretty much getting to the point where they've, they've learned how to ignore certain things? Like if I look at my phone right now for notifications, I think I probably have <laughs> 70 of them. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. And, and, it, I think that that's kind of a, a problem in security that a lot of companies like to do where they like to throw the responsibility on the end user. Um, like the phone notified you that something weird was going on and someone stole your car. It's clearly your fault. I have a problem with that. You know? <laughs> alert fatigue. I would say alert fatigue is a big problem just in general. I mean, it's like how mm-hmm. you know certain products are labeled as they might cause cancer, but every product is labeled like that. So I just don't pay attention because it says oh. it on everything. You're talking about the California law where they yeah. have to label everything that can cause cancer. <laughs> it's and like you have, you're breathing have air that might yeah. cause cancer. Yeah. Don't eat if that. You, if you go and buy a motorcycle, it has that sticker. Like you're going <laughs> to lick the motorcycle or ingest it. Um, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, but yeah. It's a good way for the company just to like push the responsibility off on somebody else. Yeah, I feel so, like there has to be better. They have to. I, if this actually got used a lot, I think Apple would have to sort of disable the air tag. You know what I mean? Have some sort of more aggressive, like you yeah, know, put it back on them. Yeah, there's the a user. couple things. Yeah, there's a couple. Also, things there. what are you gonna do? Dig through your car? Like, oh, sorry, <laughs> let me take out my engine mount and see if they oh, put it in there. Dude, right? that's like, a great. That's a great point because it's like this big. Yeah, it's yeah. Tiny. yeah. Usually hiding it underneath the car, or maybe like in the gas can, or you know the like the gas um, somewhere, uh, gas right? Cap. But I could yeah. take I could take tape and stick it to the underside of your car, and if your car is low to the ground, what are you going to do? Like sure. dig, yes. dig under there? There's a yeah. new coming out for the uh, for the iPhone and the AirTags that you can actually disable that. So, like, let's say you're getting an alert uh, about that, you can turn off that feature now so like that even tracking feature i I guess it goes both ways uh they were talking about an update for that to like turn it off not 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 for the it's what you can do is so think of it this way let's say that somebody put this air tag on your car right and you get this notification you can apple's going to be pushing a new update it will actually disable the air tag okay you can turn off the ability for it to communicate around that area right like you can kind of be like snitch on it but the inverse of that is that people are putting air tags on devices that get stolen and crooks now can do the same thing right let's say they get the alert oh look there's an air tag on. oh just disable yeah. that sucker man this bike's mine yeah. <laughs> yeah like i'm just gonna take this dog and in the meantime i know you have the air tag dog tag thingy <laughs> but uh i'm gonna just turn that off fantastic yeah Great. Yeah. yeah it is interesting I'm still waiting for the backlash. You know, we get into these these concepts of like kind of philosophy of computer security and everything everything that's going on. At what what point do we as human beings say I, I'm being tracked enough? Like I don't need another product to track me. Thank you. I mean, I'm well, getting I'm getting Life 360 for my son because he's driving, and I'm like, God damn, another tracking app. <laughs> um, it's like how many more? is too much or do you think it just gets to this white noise and you're just expected that you're constantly being tracked i think that this is the first time that it's easy for end users to buy a physical device that they can put places and track you know and like that's that's kind of changing the game for like what's the worst thing that the general public could do with that kind of tracking information right yeah like apps malicious apps and stuff have been out there for a long time but you know buying a polished product from apple for 25 bucks really kind of changes it 
that really, well, really gets to a point. I hate it. Like one of the things that we get requests from, um, people are like, I saw your website and I, I, I think my wife is cheating on me. Can you help me track her? And can you help me break <laughs> into her phone? And I'm like, no, I'm good. No, if you think I, it's I'm probably good. true. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, let me yeah, save you the money. It's like, it's let me save you the money. That's exactly what's happening. That's Congratulations. Happening. <laughs> if you think and it. If you're asking this question, I can't imagine why they would be doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, that's probably that's probably true. Save some yes. money and either yeah. get therapy or get a lawyer or both. No. So um, here's a question both. I actually don't know. Can you opt out of this botnet or is your iPhone always routing you <laughs> oh, out? <laughs> out? Oh, it's all part of the network, right? All yeah. of the iPhones are helping. Yeah, opting out is out. as simple as running it over with a truck and then buying <laughs> something no. else. Okay, that doesn't count. I recommend a flip phone. Everyone else has an iPhone, right? That's kind of the problem. That Okay, that flip phone thing is interesting. I was at, um, I went and saw the Eternals. And this lady sat down right next to me. I was all my family is out of town and working, and she sits down next to me and just starts talking to me. She was friendly, and that's fine. Even though I find that weird, and I'm thinking, what about my demeanor made you think this is somebody that's open <laughs> to talking, like kind of an intimidating dude when I'm not, well, most of the time. And she opens up her phone, and she's got a flip phone, and she's texting from it like it's 1990, like eight, and she's a maniac. And I was just like. Part of me was like, are you insane? Another part of me is like, that's pretty goddamn cool. Uh, but yeah, I actually saw someone in the wild with a flip in phone. And, and all those texts could be read to clear text from a stingray uh, 3,000 feet away. Yeah. Uh, 3,000? Maybe even more than that. 3, I mean, honestly, yeah, that, I mean, that's problem. in a data center forever. Old is, <laughs> a lot of time, old is insecure, right? We need, we need like... We need like Luddite phone. It's like, it's, <laughs> it, it's secure, but it doesn't use any of the new stuff. Oh I, I know. We just all carry torches around, but with like little things you can put over top of them. So it's like portable smoke signals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually like this idea. This is, this is, this is going in good places. Those right are now. called vapes and they're pretty annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just vapor. It's just vapor. So you don't like cigarette. It smells good. You don't yeah. like blue raspberry unicorns every morning, bro? What's the problem? It's like German concentration camps. Get in there. It's just vapor. It's just vapor. Like somehow oh vapors pretty yeah, I went there. Um, anyway, I just I, wow. I just hate it so much when people try to tell me, what, what's your problem? It's just vapor. It's like, did you fail chemistry in high? Okay, yeah, you probably did. Um, spoiler. spoiler. So was chlorine gas, a-hole. I think that so, has one of those that causes cancer warnings on it. Somewhere. It, does. Yeah, it, definitely it does. also causes, you know, all kinds of exhaust modifications and other things. Car, cars. Weird. So now that I've mm. pissed off everybody who vapes and is listening to our show, do we want to go on to another? <laughs> yeah, I was, about, I was about to make that move. All right. So let's talk about this uh, ubiquity story. So uh, for everyone who might not know, so there was a breach at Ubiqu ubiquity oh, a while ago, right? A long so, time ago, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but now the looks like it was laundry. an inside job. Yeah, <laughs> the dirty laundry is out there. Yeah, and uh, a trusted insider uh, stole the data and then posed as an anonymous attacker or hacker, excuse me, and sent the company the two million dollar ransom. And this is all in an alleged what do you call it? FBI put the charges. He was arrested uh, and charged today with data theft and attempting to extort his employer while posing as a whistleblower and an anonymous hacker. So, uh, yeah, he, all inside job. And I guess, yeah, so, 
go ahead go ahead you, you're, you're well, he, say he like played all the sides of the story in this which was the best part about and he it he played most I mean, of them was, badly terrible... but he played, he played most badly. of them terribly but like <laughs> so first off he was the threat actor and that was bad enough and then he tried to extort them he got no no real gain on it they actually to some of the, the stuff i saw said that he was put in charge of the investigation as to how the breach had occurred oh my god really yes. so, so he yes. was then investigating himself but then they were still not paying him so then he went in as a whistleblower <laughs> to say that the investigation was being bungled by himself <laughs> investigating himself he's like man i'm really messing this up i'm deleting all the evidence of this guy i personally i just can't wait for him to get out of prison so we can get a darknet diaries episode about this yeah because <laughs> this guy movie. this guy is operating at a level like this guy clearly oh, saw something in oceans 11 12 13 <laughs> if you can catch me if you catch can, if you can. can. <laughs> and this is like Man, and he got I, I he got caught because his, his internet went out, so his VPN dropped for a second. Who doesn't his real IP. How, how, how do you double VPN, dude, and watch your DNS? Watch your DNS. There's, a, there's, a, there's a thing called on every VPN app called a kill switch that if your internet yes. dies, it will turn off your internet connection. But that's but that's how he got caught. Like, <laughs> yeah. but, but let's back up. <laughs> that's how he got caught, and I yes. can totally understand that it's mistake that he made. Cubicle right too. Who else was investigating? Because he was investigating himself. You're like, you know, that's weird. This direct IP address came from the person that was giving the ransom, and it's you, Bill. Well, at, at, some, at some point, the FBI got involved. And it was the FBI that kind of figured out. No, he ratted himself on. out for the reward. Yeah, <laughs> he turned himself in for the reward. Full circle. <laughs> He's like, it's like, it's like the cybersecurity equivalent of the, the call is coming from inside the house. Oh my god, it, it's 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 the cyber it's the cyber equivalent. I had a guy. I swear to God, I heard this quote once. He was a mortician, and we made jokes at his expense. And he said, "Necrophilia is better than nophilia at all." And I'm like, oh my god, no, like that's wrong. It's like, well, if I can if I can uh, get the bounty on myself, that's better than not getting paid, right? It's like. <laughs> Good God. Well, yeah, the key moment was when he decided to start off the whole process by committing a crime. But that was yeah. But it was a perfect crime. Like, it, it just... Victimless crime. Victimless crime. Victimless crime. Probably when this is all said and done, he'll, like, apply to go work at the FBI investigating people who did just this, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that's and that's that's going to be the story that he's yeah, going to tell he'll everybody leak all until the, F- the day he dies. Then he'll leak the FBI. He'll be like... Yeah. <laughs> he'll do it again. I, I'm going to tell you right now, the nine deal. out of ten. The movie. Yeah. Yes, nine yes. out of ten people that say that, they're like, well, you know, I used to be a black hat hacker. Now I work with the FBI. Bullshit. I stopped listening to you right there. I, I work <laughs> with the FBI very, like, never once have I heard anybody in the FBI, CIA, NSA, NRO, any of those organizations been like, this guy was a black hat hacker. <laughs> and, he, and he flipped and he now works for us. Bullshit flipped and just doesn't happen. Um, you're full of crap. Goodbye. Oh, it just doesn't oh work. Oh my that god. Way. Yeah. So to so... respond to one of the viewers, the, the, someone asked, AirTags less expensive, have longer battery than existing radio drop boxes, or is it Apple marketing? The biggest thing is that it is everyone's phone is part of the botnet that reports <laughs> back on AirTags. That's why it's a yeah, big yeah, deal right. because I can buy one and every iPhone in the world will send back where that device's location is. So yeah, a radio Dropbox with Wi-Fi and a Pi Zero, whatever, Bluetooth, it's cool, but you have to rely on a lot of other things versus iPhones are moving all the time. 
and always yeah. reporting the locations of those air tags. That's why it's a big deal is because it's a huge botnet that is extremely reliable and extremely precise. That, that's well, and also... the thing is, is that, as we discussed when air tags were first released on this show, like this is not new technology. This actually has existed for quite some time with companies like Tile and things like that. Yep. But the thing was, is you had to have the app downloaded on mm-hmm. your phone. You had to like opt into the network, into the yeah. botnet in order mm-hmm. to get that information back. The, the thing was, is Apple just said, okay, every device in our ecosystem, every endpoint is now part of that. Well, it's yeah. no different. I mean, Apple and Google have been doing this a long time. Like if you remember, Google had the vans that was recording Wi-Fi signals and they got their hands slapped and they're like, that's bad, Google. And they're like, wait a minute. Instead of having a van collect Wi-Fi signals, why don't we just have every phone collect Wi-Fi signals? And you we're much in. more efficient. It's like... And it saves gas on vans. Something, well, they, something, they, something they Borg reference here. And the really crazy person is, most, or the really crazy thing is, most people on Google Maps would opt in because it will use the local Wi-Fi networks to tell you exactly where you are, even if GPS fails and all that uh, yes. stuff. So it's, it's like... It's, yeah. Man. Now they're like, well, take out your camera and point it at stuff, and we'll tell you where you are. I'm like, that is crossing the line for me. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll use this as an opportunity to plug my cyber deception class. So my next class is a pay what you can class, and we actually teach you how you can use that technology to track hackers in documents and Excel spreadsheets. Uh, so if you're interested, go to antisiphon.com, go to the pay what you can, go to training, pay what you can, and my class is there. And we show you how to do that with attackers that are using Excel. There it is. It's right there, right there. And it's pay what you can. So you have no excuse to not go and learn how that crap works and use it to detect attackers as well. There we go. I just killed the bit with the map. Ralph, new article. Yeah, Ralph, new article. (laughs) While you're at it, subscribe to our merch. Oh, yeah, we have merch. We're supposed to do things like, if you guys could do me a favor, if you could smash the subscribe button and hit the alarm and and, uh, slap, slap, slap the subscribe button and hit like and do these things because, God, this is how I prove that I'm a worthy person. Yeah, whatever. By doing so, you'll be hacking the algorithm somehow. Hacking the algorithm, right? So, uh, I'm not sure. What do you guys guys want to talk about here next? We have... um, we can talk That's about more. the FBI documents showing uh, what data can be obtained from encrypted messaging apps. The NSO one at the top. Did you guys talk about that one already? Yeah. No, nope. we have nope. not. We have not talked about it. NSO. No. Shoot, where's that article, though? We oh, talked oh, about oh, NSO oh. last week a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We have talked about NSO, like, every week for the last It's kind of a recurring bit. Like, like, I wanted to ask you all, like, why is NSO just getting beat to snot? And as much as I love Mudge and Cobalt Strike, Cobalt Strike is not getting bad press, like at all. Um, Do you want it to have bad press? I, no, I don't, I don't. I don't. And I don't even really like, I mean, the fact that NSO is actually pulling the trigger and doing the thing, I think is probably one of the key differences that, you know, they're actually doing some of the attacks mm-hmm. that matters. I don't, Cobalt Strike isn't launching attacks. I think the zero days are the big difference, at least that, in, my, okay. in my opinion. I think big, it's the zero days sense. because, okay, Cobalt Strike doesn't exploit zero days, right? It, it, it it relies on a lot of different exploit delivery techniques, all of which we can, you know, talk about. But NSO is like specifically says we will hack iPhone with zero days and you can't stop yep. us, which is like it's almost instigating something. You know what I mean? It's like they're actively doing it, whereas Cobalt Strike, they're giving you the tool and you can do it. And then people like the Russians are using that. Is that kind of the difference? Yeah, that, at least that's how I see it, because one person is providing zero days, which is like already kind of like, is that? sketchy probably you know i guess the nsa probably has the same zero days or similar ones but 
the fact that they're like they sell a service that says we can hack things that are supposed to be unhackable like iPhones things like that it's it gets a lot of bad press cuz Apple is like what no you can't just say you can just break iPhones all the time like you can't you know what i mean with cobalt it's like well you depends right but and if we're it's like almost a guarantee thing, oh go ahead i think another thing that's really kind of big with it too is that it's extremely relatable to the people it's it's got a lot of public attention simply for the fact that there are a lot of end users that hear about this attack that can compromise an iPhone and they look down in their hand and they say, I have an iPhone. It's visceral. Not everyone yeah. can say, I have a corporate file server or yeah. a corporate DNS server or a Windows Active Directory environment, but they can all look down and say, I have an iPhone. Yeah. And, and you're telling me my government could spy on me? And so, phones are so personal now. Like that's almost just part of your identity at this point. You know what I mean? It is. It's crazy. So even in the business world, the phone is very personal because it's a one user, one device kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, the other thing about this that I think is somewhat interesting, did you guys, I don't know if we have it in the news stories, but you guys see that CISA came out with a list of like 150 vulnerabilities um, that they're specifically telling organizations to patch uh, against attacks for. It's kind of weird. CISA hasn't come out with an actual directive saying, hey, patch these things. And it kind of ties into this conversation. I think it's weird that CISA is releasing something like, here's all the vulnerabilities that attackers are actively, and if we close off these vulnerabilities, it's going to shut these things down. But if it goes back to the vast majority of organizations get compromised through one neat trick, spear phishing. <laughs> um, right. and, and I find it weird that it's like 95, it's probably 90% of the attacks that happen that are successful are from spear phishing. And yet we have CISA is like, hey, these are the vulnerabilities you should fix for the other 5%. It's almost like we aren't focusing on the right things. Like it's sexy. NSO has a zero day for your iPhone. Like you said, it's visceral. You have it in your hand. It's a thing. You're like, I have an iPhone. I should be afraid of that. It's a risk. It's like sharks. It's like, God damn, I saw Jaws. Sharks are terrifying. I'm not going in the water. When the reality <laughs> is you're not going to be killed by a shark. You're going to be killed by, you know, whatever sugary drink you're drinking right now, 30 years into the future. It's, it's like a risk model is so messed up in the human brain. And actually looking at these things objectively and saying 90% of the time a user clicks a link, <laughs> let's focus on that risk rather than NSO has a zero day for iPhones, everybody. <laughs> Someone I know yeah, won I Powerball. Can confirm that. <laughs> I can confirm the fact that I, living in the middle of Iowa almost, am more scared of sharks than I ever should be. So. <laughs> <laughs> this makes sense. When yeah, you should be I'm more terrified of cows because cows kill way more people. Or corn, sharks. quite frankly. Corn? What it gets used for more than anything. Not like the corn comes and this kills weird. This is some kind of weird double entendre with corn that I don't know about. Like, you know, the sure. man, corn, they're going to come get you. Yeah. They're coming to get you. The, no, corn, huskers, the corn husker <laughs> mafia. My wife was talking about something like that, where it's like the likelihood of it, like you dying from it, super low. I'm like, just because you know someone who won Powerball doesn't mean you should go buy a ticket, right? Like that doesn't increase your chance just because like you're just associating this, you know, oh, well, someone else I know got bit by a shark, so I'm never going in the water again, right? Um, so and that's Adam, kind of what you're bringing up. Adam has a great quote. We aren't programmed to recognize slow moving threats. <laughs> yeah. In, in computer security, I think that that probably sums up everything. Um, that you need to know about the industry. Yeah. I will sure. say those patches could be like, I, I, a lot of the times when it's really scary, it's combination of targeted social engineering and a zero day or, and something that is unpatched, something like that. So it that's could be scary like, stuff. yeah, yep. they do. That's when it gets late. And that's why I think Pegasus or, you know, NSO stuff is so scary. Cause it's like, you get a convincing message, a hundred of them over time. And they're all like good. 
and they're combined with zero days for delivery and zero click and all that stuff. So maybe it's like a targeted effort where you're talking about the patching stuff is important for like slowing down that delivery, but then the initial vector or the, you know, the compromise takes longer when there's no zero days involved. But that initial vector is like, oh, whatever, you know, assume compromise or whatever, like just assume you're going to fail at phishing. But if everything's patched, at least someone will have to click run or something like that. Kind of speaking about that. So uh, there's article here about the rise of dark web design, how sites manipulate you into clicking. And what they're talking about in this article is about how they're convincing people to do, you know, uh, to click on um, malicious uh, links or advertisements based off of like what we get used to when we're interacting with websites. One of the first examples is the cookies to accept cookies, like the accepting the policy stuff like that just you know all the ways that uh, the sites that we interact with now and how we come to like complacent with how we interact with them to get you to perform malicious actions it's kind of interesting right what do you guys think about that i think i'm gonna go make a a, a payload right now that says click to accept cookies because <laughs> that seems I mean, like an insanely good idea <laughs> it, it feels a little bit tried and true right like if you remember going on forums back in the day for like torrents, not that I would ever do anything against the law. Like there's always like that big banner that looks like a download button for the torrent. That's actually a link somewhere else. And there's a lot of this in advertising, right? Like advertisement is just doing this, at, but they're doing it at scale, right? To try yeah. to see what it gets you to interact. Right. And not only that, are they, they're also interjecting the things that they, you know, the algorithm decides is something you would be interested in to interact with. Right. But how they build those designs, a lot of times it's, it's what we call clickbait, right? It's, I've done it before too. I've clicked on, I'm like, I just clicked on clickbait. This is totally bullcrap. And <laughs> it's full of just ads, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, just the idea that it's more than just something that just seems right. Like it's that you can make this into a science to convince people to do something. Maybe that even in my scenario, when I think about it, I'm like, that was clickbait and I still clicked on it. Like, this is horrible, right? But yeah. I apply that to, uh, you know, malicious actions, you know, it's kind of interesting, right? I mean, dude, how many times have websites warned you you're about to visit an external link? And how many times have you been like, oh, <laughs> let me read through this. What am I about to visit? Oh, okay. It's uh, a 700 character URL. I'm going to make sure that's safe. Like, yeah. Um, also, we talked about this a little bit on, on crypto stuff. They hit you where you live, right? So like Discord is another one. Like there's been a lot of Discord fishes where like they'll, they'll find the Discord webhook for a channel and be like, Hey guys, GPU drop here. And then like a thousand people click it in like two seconds or, oh, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. Like the new they, Air Jordans. Yeah. The no, new, yeah, oh, that's it's it. Even, exactly. It's so even, people, it's even, you know, go ahead. with the supply chain stuff, dude, people are like ready to click yeah. it. Just whatever. Buy, buy, buy. You know, like I accept all risks. <sighs> I like, you know what I mean? So it's well, crazy. Uh, but I use the, I use the narrative of like, like shoes. Like I didn't know, I think I've talked about it on the show before, just how weird the world is for shoes like i mentioned air jordans which are still a thing apparently who knew and one of the companies that sells shoes was like super super interested in working with us and trying to break the system where there's these very large well-funded organizations that are scouring the internet looking for shoes that come for sale and then when they find them they buy all of them and they turn around and they sell them at like this ridiculous markup and they social engineer employees at shoe companies to figure out what is the date it's going to be released? When it's going to be on the website? They have scrapers. Like it is a huge industry, right? And kind of the thing that gets me on that is this is a social engineering tactic. A lot of the people that are really into this 
you could send them to any janky website anywhere in the world that you wanted them to go to, get them to run any freaking malware that you can drop on their system. And they don't go to well-worn websites because these shoes will come for sale in like Turkey before they'll come for sale anyplace else. And then they'll buy them all up there. You could literally do anything you wanted to these people with the right social engagement ruse to get them to go. And it just blew my mind. These people will literally do anything. It's like, you know, set your dog on fire. They're like, okay, done. Um, can I get the shoes now? It's <laughs> spear phishing. That's that's when you say spear phishing, that's what you're talking about. Finding what someone is truly interested in and pre- presenting the ability to fulfill whatever that is, right? Yeah. And that if you can do that, right? If you can find that they are really interested in Air Jordans and you send them the link or whatever it is that is, you know, that you're going to win every time. And like you said, they're going to put their dog on fire to get those Air Jordans, let alone just clicking a link or downloading a file or running this, whatever you want them to do. Um, so it it is kind of interesting. Um, the psychology of getting someone to do something, if you can present the right thing to the right person, that's a real spearfish. Well, and it used to be something as basic back whenever we first started, right? The the whole Anna Kornikova virus or I love you or any of those uh-huh. basic things. You could get people to just basically like oh a huge God, percentage of the population. Oh, the chain mail, right? You know, forward oh. this on to X number of friends or something bad and will happen. It'll win to nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just it's just there's always these things, but I think it's getting more nuanced now. And this gets into for us doing pen tests. I think one of the things that's hard and one of the things I want to change at BHIS, and we talk about this a lot, is traditionally in the pen testing world, you come up with two or three ruses and the customer finds the most generic, stupid ruse that they get. And it's like, we have this really great ruse where we'll go through and we'll find the loan of executives using TransUnion. And we'll send them an email pretending to be the bank saying that their loan is going into default status. They got to click this link right away. And you know it's going to work like 70, 80% of the time. Or we could do a UPS shipping notification. And the customers are like, yeah, let's do the UPS shipping notification. It's always 20% all the time if that email actually is able to get through the spam filters. So it's like we aren't testing this appropriately. And I want to kind of change this up in the industry and starting with BHIS. We should just tell our customers, we've got a whole bunch of ruses. We're not going to do anything with gambling. We're not going to do anything with sex or anything with illegal activities. But you know what? I would like to try to do a sneaker ruse. And most of our customers wouldn't accept that because they're like, what the hell do sneakers have to do with anything? Because they don't understand. So we need to be able to try multiple ruses fail repeatedly until we actually get in because that's what the adversaries are doing. Oh, the service now approval, Ben Webb. Ha, the best one is ServiceNow approval. Yes. See, that that would be an example. But we've literally had customers where we come up with ruses that are so good and we're so proud of them that they'll literally tell you, oh, no, 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 we're not going to use that one. Why? Because we know that that would work. (laughs) (laughs) We know it would work, and then we would have to address it. And we'd have to do something about that. And, like, how do we defend ourselves from sneaker fishing, you know? (laughs) We have to let everyone know there's no sneakers, no sneaker emails. No, I mean, but, like, what are you going to tell those users? Like, look, you can't post your interest in sneakers on your social media because the attackers are going to find it. Yes. And then send you fishing. Right there. That's what we should be telling people. I agree, but that'll kill social media, which I'm fine with. Go for it. But That's not ever going to work out, right? I would say Um, more it's just have good common sense if it seems like it's too good to be true or if it seems like too good of an opportunity like oh my friend won powerball maybe you won't win powerball possible but it's well, a hard you know it's a hard <laughs> human thing 
So yeah. we talk, speaking of shoes, we were, we were testing a company that, and I think I may have told the story, but they did a charity run and they partnered with a shoe company or an outdoor clothing company. And we saw this on their website and their, in their newsfeed and everything. And we sent in a spearfish pretending to be that clothing company. We misspelt the domain, misspelt a whole bunch of things. And we sent in 25% off. Thank you so much for helping us with this charitable organization. Here's a, Here's a link to a voucher for 25% off your next purchase on our website. It worked. Gangbusters. The customers were pissed because they didn't actually get 25% off. Even as we were explaining the ruse, like, this is why we did this. This is why it worked. Like, literally at the end, people were raising their hands virtually and going, um, so are we going to get 25% off the the shoes then? (laughs) Are we going to get that voucher? And it's like, no. Well, why not? Why why aren't we going to get that thing? It was a hackering ruse. Well, that's just mean. Oh, oh man. I so need I'll expend some coupon. shoes. I'll expend some shoes. And then the only people that don't click, we'll give them the shoes at the end of the engagement. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <sighs> yeah. I mean, PS5s too. That would work too. They're still sold out for a Spear while. Spearfishing that, Air Jordan edition. Well, I mean, it was GPUs for a while. It's, it's still GPUs. Yeah. GPUs record, you, maybe next dude, year. I'll, maybe. I'll run a payload yeah. if you send me a 3080 at MSRP. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want, just send it. I will run whatever you send, man. If it's a 3080, it's totally worth it. 3080 or above. We're not, and no TIs and no 3090s. <laughs> So what I like what I like about you guys is everybody has their price. You guys know exactly what your price is. <laughs> it's more than twenty five percent off. Okay, it's thirty five. Oh, exactly. Of course, uh, this goes both ways, John. If you give it to them, then you can you can name the price too. You yeah. mean they just? Yeah, we can help set that up. <laughs> Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I have another article, kind of a different pace. Uh, so research, researchers found a way to brute force Verizon customer pens online, right? So um, oh, pretty no. much simple, simple little web app discovery. It was actually a race condition they discovered in here. But um, brute forcing these pens uh, would allow for account takeovers and then uh, SIM swapping SIM magic. SIM swapping, yeah. 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 Yeah, right. And then once you get into that, I mean, there's a lot you could do. A lot of people. So this really comes down like, okay, so, all right, this is, we're talking about the vulnerability of uh, this web app and the fact that you could do a swim swap, sim swap. But what it really highlights is how much authentication we put behind cell phones, right? Like, Mm. well, it's two factor, something you have, that's your phone. (sighs) But it's not something you control. That's the problem is it's something you have, but someone can steal it from you by calling Verizon and being like, hey, I lost my phone. I'm in Canada. Please uh, switch it to this my, SIM card. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Please. Here, here's the question. Is SMS two-factor? Yeah, absolutely. It is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and you have people all the time that rip on it. And if I had a choice of having SMS two-factor or no two-factor at all, 99% go with the SMS two-factor even though there's a sure. lot of ways around it. And even though we shut it down at Black Hills Information Security, but we did that because we could do something better. But still, if I have a choice of having that or nothing, oh, I'd take that in a heartbeat. And keep in mind, for most companies, it's between potentially losing customers that are like, the security's too hard. I'm not going to use Amazon or I'm not going to use whoever uh-huh. because I, I did lose my codes because I didn't put them in a password manager and I don't know how to scan QR codes on my phone. You know what I mean? Like the story goes on, but... If I can get texted a code and I'm trying to buy my whatever, that's going to win over a lot of customers. So that's why it's still allowed at a lot of shops or a lot of, especially retail. 
Yeah, I've also noticed um, some other, um, uh, what is it, products or, you know, services online going to, um, like, email auth. So, like, so think of it this way. Instead of I sign up and make a password, all I do is just put my email address and it sends me a one-time link to use to log into the site, right? And that's it. So no more password. Just forget the password. And that is kind of like their ease of use, authenticating who you say you are, right? But, you know, obviously somebody could just take over the email and then it's kind of game over, right? Yeah, so, it is. It, it that, that never happens. Sim swapping <laughs> sucks so bad. It's like the worst thing ever. It's like there's nothing you can do. You can't predict against it. You can tell your cell care all you want not to give away your SIM card, but they're not going to well, listen. But I mean, you could say the same thing about your internet service connection, too. Well, no, because you just you don't only... use your internet service connection as an, in a form of authentication. Well, but your the, IP? Uh, I could, yeah. I don't I know. I mean, the difference is, is no, the, the number of things that rely on cell phone for authentication, cell phone number, are much higher versus IP address or anything tied to your ISP. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. your but cell you phone is. Either. Like, it's a, the thing is, what, I, that's what I'm trying to say is, like, your SIM is a gateway to a network. It, it is a network connection. No, your SIM like, is your identity. And, and, right? Like, at, for MFA purposes, your SIM is your identity, and you can call Verizon yeah, and, get, the, and change context, your identity. Yeah. And sure, that, that's why sure. it's powerful because, you know, if, if I'm like trying to hack John Strand and I can't, you know, he has two factor on everything and it's annoying, I can just assume his identity, right? Like, <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's the easiest way, right? Well, and like we said, you know, that's $5. I mean, we use TransUnion. There's a bunch of those services, but if you want to find somebody's mother's maiden name, their date of birth, like literally all the questions that they would be asked, it's five bucks to get that information and a call to verizon and a sim card yeah and and if the first person doesn't want to help you just keep calling right there's got to be somebody who's really nice or really and untrained or whatever it may be right just you know let's find the weak link i mean i've done this plenty of times on uh social engineering phone calls right one person doesn't want to cooperate call another person maybe they'll be more excited yeah now my thing about social engineering calls that i've always dealt with and I'm not very good at them. No. We'll never no. know. Tell <laughs> CJ to stop using all your internet. <laughs> he moved. Maybe he's back. No, he's he's not. Well, no, the computer's. Well, it looks like someone sim swapped, John. It was not my idea. <laughs> you were talking about the ISP thing, not, and I think that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they stole they well you know that used to be the other big thing that happened too and that they're, was they're injecting a deep fake in now so that way they can literally assume john's identity <laughs> that's injecting it. a deep oh oh there he is it's deep he's, fake he's john he's back the deep yes. fake john they it's got weird i don't know what's going on but whenever i set up a, i just said a ping dash t and now it seems oh. to be staying consistent and i don't Do you know use what low orbit or high orbit ion cannons <laughs> Which one? Oh man! One of you these days, I got to tell some stories they don't work about together. That. They both suck. Um, <laughs> they both suck. <laughs> the high orbit ion cannon. I love that one because it came prepackaged with malware. <laughs> and you call well, that's monsters. why I liked it too. Yeah, that was my favorite. But now I'm doing yeah. a steady ping, and it seems to be doing really well. But I don't know what the hell's going on here. That's how I stay online too. I just keep those ICMP going, baby. <laughs> so yeah, does so anyone you stop know? Paying, you, you just die. What was John going to say? Is the real question. Does he even know? I don't. Nope, he froze again. No, the deep, the deep fake algorithm he, is messing with he it. Control, he control seed that ping in the terminal, and it stopped. And, and it stopped his internet. Ugh. Oh my gosh, man! Oh, I hear him. Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll come back. All right. Well, anyway, I guess we gotta gotta move on.
I guess we can move on to another article here. What about this? Uh, <laughs> this one's this one's kind of out there, literally. So uh, Russia and China are attacking U.S. satellites with lasers and jammers every day, says top general. Would right? this be a literal high orbit ion cannon? That's <laughs> right. What so, what classified uh, as an ion cannon? Is it is a flashlight an ion cannon? That's <laughs> true. This would technically, if it's a laser, if it, then it would be a photon cannon. Right. So. I I don't know exactly what an ion would classify as as far as i don't know I'm not a physicist. Uh, ion is like a loose electron from a nucleus isn't it i think it could be could also couldn't it be a proton it could be any subatomic <laughs> element True. i think wow I guys we are just True. driving off that cliff man let's take so we, <laughs> we don't know anything about chemistry physics this is not a physics, physics and chemistry <laughs> yeah it's not a physics. <laughs> Tune in. We know about security. Google all this. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, Ralph, explain uh, to us first of all why why does this what is this how could you hack a satellite with a laser? Because that just I, well, sounds like something putting sharks on laser beams. All right, pit, so you know? yeah, yeah, so I'm not exactly sure why they're shooting lasers at these uh, satellites, but I have some thoughts about why they might be doing it. Uh, of course, in the article, they they don't really talk too much about why but most my guess is that mostly it's communication satellites and trying to see if they can block or jam communication so you could burn out a sensor or something like a camera if you shoot a camera sensor with a yeah, laser beam it'll burn yeah it out. i'm not exactly sure <laughs> it, it, it's kind of interesting but like okay so there there are some kind of practical attacks to satellites when right one of them it. one of them would be the gps right so um there's a bunch of gps constellations there's tons of uh low orth earth orbit satellites that are doing this but if you could jam or remove some of those a lot of how we operate uh military requires gps to work right and so you know that's one way uh, even though you know there are some other constellations of gps or you know the u.s military has actually come up with ways to hopefully prevent that or jamming of those signals right but obviously stopping communication satellites probably isn't going to stop all communications right like backup communications ground-based communications could come into play i don't know kind of for those hackers that want to base stuff there is a hack there's a ctf called hackasat that i participated in a few years and it's like you it's weird it's run by the air force i believe and it's um or someone affiliated it's like government org and uh there's some a lot of like space related cybersecurity stuff on there so if anyone's like i love space and i love cybersecurity check that out it's pretty cool and i i guess one thing that comes to mind when i see this hi i'm noah i'm not a satellite engineer by any way or anything but i do know like i've done some some research on how they work and one of the things that was at least common in some of the earlier satellites was that they had giant heat sinks on them but as they came on the side of the earth that the sun was on, they actually had to go into like a low power mode because they generated too much heat. They could damage the electronics. So lasers create heat. If you shoot a laser at a satellite, if that's still a problem, it's possible you could overheat it and put it into a sh- into that low power mode, which would effectively DDoS the satellite. Just a thought. Either way, yeah. we're just assuming it's just sowing chaos generically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be also um, the other thing, you know, obviously surveillance satellites are tons of those um from every country it's kind of like you know the running joke i guess but and they are used but maybe using those to um prevent those from uh bringing back footage you know I- i'm not sure like how that works though like maybe just when they're over the country they don't want them to see it's 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 wild obviously the article didn't really get probably into too many details of what they suspect it is because it's probably sensitive or whatever. But yeah. so you're saying if my GPS says turn left into a lake, I shouldn't do it, or it's should? Hot. 
It's a should I ignore right? the GPS and tell and know that I'm better and the superior you, being? You always listen to Siri, even if she drives you off the road, right? Okay, it's, yeah, that's what I've been doing, so I'm glad. Yeah, no, that's that's how it should be done. You always listen to Siri, even if she drives. <laughs> I think when the was it uh, Apple Maps first came out, they were like driving people in the middle of nowhere because they suck. But there was no traffic out there. You wouldn't understand, Ralph. <laughs> there was no traffic. There's there's no traffic. Do we want to talk about ransomware? I mean, I think we have to. It's like a recurring segment. Yeah. Yeah. After we talk about NSO group, we talk about ransomware. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're in the matrix. So uh, the other article I, I kind of wanted to take a look at, Backblaze, pretty cool company that does backup. Uh, they did an article about uh, ransomware takeaways and kind of like the, the really cool pieces, like the ransomware economy, and kind of like how that all works in cryptocurrency exchanges and laundry services. Um, they have a pretty interesting diagram on there about ransomware brokers and the actual victim. And like, it's just a bunch of people making money. That's what this diagram is. It's pretty wild. And, you know, the victim, in, in this case, a company is just pretty much paying out, you know, all of this whole thing, right? And, you know, the cryptocurrency exchanges, they're making money, you know, off the transactions, the mixing services, they're making money. <laughs> the incident, re- I mean, like, it's the good and the bad, right? Uh, you know, the remediation, all this other fun stuff, right? Definitely kind of interesting. What do you guys think? I mean, I, I think I said before we went live, like, it does do a really nice job of showing that this is not as simple as some kid in his basement. Oh, no, we're um, past that. Right. No, like, I mean, we it's been known, but this really just kind of shows you in a nice diagram. There was a lot of parties involved in this kind of a thing. Yeah. And most of these operations are probably way more official than we would expect. Like even the mm-hmm. few times where op notes have been leaked and things, they look exactly like our op notes. They look exactly the same. They have the same payload, you know, stuff. They have the same delivery, social engineering. And there's like people that specialize in each of these things at each level in the organization right like imagine being a bot master like all you do (laughs) is just like create and maintain botnets like that's pretty crazy that you think about there's an economy big enough that that supports someone just doing that let alone all the other the people who are working on the actual malware the people who are handling the payments that like and then they have like mules and stuff it's just i mean it's like anything else it's just that when you inject that much money into it it's financially good for these companies to have specialized specialized labor like that it's not just some kid in the basement it's like an actual and i'm sure there's like a job market and all that stuff for this yeah it's so. it's like a it's like an army of people all kind of doing their own like 1099 work to and like access sellers like you know they get access to all these systems that are vulnerable and maybe these companies patch it but they just continue to maintain that access they don't do anything but they sell that access off to somebody who does do the next piece right yeah. uh, you know takes it the next level um, and that process continues on and on. It, it's kind of, like I said, the economy of it. And you, it's wild that there is an economy of this and all of this to ma- make money off of the actual victim. And, and it kind of, the the bigger piece is like, how do you defend against this, right? Like, you're not just defending against like the, yeah, you know, the one dude in his basement. You're defending against a whole economy of people trying to do this. And uh, it, it does make you kind of think about the recommendations. Hey, just do a better backup, you know, that that's it. It's a lot more complex than that. So ransomware is definitely something you should be putting on the top of your list of uh, what do you call it scenarios to play out, right? Like how how would you handle that? Like what what processes do you have in place to either respond to or 
maintain that situation. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it comes up on the show in a recurring segment because it's, it keeps working and the economy of it keeps expanding, but definitely cool to see, you know, you know, in one image, that kind of, the, the level of complexity has scaled over time. And it's really, it's also, I mean, we can't help, but a lot of the, even the good guys, the incident response firms, which sometimes is even us, like yeah. there's, you know, we get, we're part of that economy too. So it's like, it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, our, we are a piece of the puzzle, right? I mean, like, sure, we're doing the, the you know, the, we're helping these industries out, right? But, you know, it, it's kind of like the, the victim is paying both sides, right? They're, you know, they're, <laughs> it's, it's wild. I mean, we're, we're definitely not for this or causing it. And we, we like, we want to recommend, you know, how to prevent this in the first place. But yeah, we're still, still doing it, right? We're still responding. And, it doesn't seem to be slowing down because the sophistication increased, right? Yeah. So definitely check out this uh, ransomware economy article from Backblaze. It's kind of interesting. And um, give it I feel like the weirdest thing about being a ransomware actor has to be like, do I trust any of this code? Like, I'm trusting, I'm like, you know what I mean? You're paying. There's all these levels now. There's all these yeah, different companies. Dude. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to run the ransomware manager. But then you're like thinking to yourself, is this going to ransomware my <laughs> machine when I, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> No one, I mean, well, you know, because no trust among thieves, no honor, right? I, so they're it's probably like, all wearing gloves, right? They're wearing gloves as you you handle, uh, you know, this <laughs> t toxic. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to, and like, you can't trust anyone. I'm sure they have all kinds of like layers of escrow and all that stuff. Where it's like, dude, I bet okay, you I, more yeah. than that. I bet you they have a whole reputation system, right? So, like, yeah. someone who is delivering those access is actually delivering what they said they were going to. And, you know, they get trusted in the industry as someone who does what they said, right? Like, you don't have to be necessarily screwing people over. It's, it's wild. All right. So I guess for the last article here, uh, a little change of pace. Let's talk about Microsoft. Oh, we love Microsoft. I love Microsoft. And Windows prompting you to stop downloading Chrome, right? This is a, <laughs> a pretty is Chrome interesting. Chrome the next so, APT? <laughs> I, it is. It is, yes. So I, I thought this was kind of funny. I read this a couple of days ago, but that uh, Chrome was letting people know, hey, you know, there's Edge, right? Which I think is super funny. This doesn't necessarily have a total security spend, but that Edge is just Chrome too. But yeah, Chrome is the new APT. It's, so it's actually get... in the promoted comments of, of the article. <laughs> like if you scroll down, it's like uh, they do realize that it runs on the same technology, right? <laughs> yeah, like it is. Yeah, I mean, it's dude, it, it really is crazy. The browser wars, man, the browser I wars know. have been raging. Netscape Navigator 5.0. I mean, we're still there. <laughs> but like, but dude, like I, yeah, I, so, I'm not surprised. Okay. I mean, it's Windows being Windows, dude. Yeah, no, and Windows has done this for a while, right? I think they're just still upset about. They're just, um, yeah, they're just sad. Internet they're like, yeah. Yep. They're they like, we put that. how much money? How much money do you think they put into an Explorer and it never panned out? I know all those plugins. Jesus, dude, ActiveX. Oh my God, the gift that kept giving. <laughs> but the uh, it, it is interesting though because I think personally that the browser war is honestly a war on access to data, right? So Google, the reason that they make a browser is not because they want to improve your life it's because they want to collect your data and they already do it in a couple different ways one of them is forcing https or dns over https so they can get all your requests i mean there's a lot of stuff it feels like that these browsers are trying to data oh, mine they want to be the you. lens if you're the yeah. lens like i mean the truth is like search engines especially are really crazy when you think about like 
if I Google like you know Tiananmen Square or whatever, pick take your pick, and nothing comes that's how you up. Make that's, your money. That, that that, in, that incorporates a lot of like a lot of people. That's how they see the world. If I Google it, the results I get will impact how I feel about the thing, how much information I can get about it, whether I even think it's real or not. Like a lot of the times, yep. we'll be having an argument. We'll be like, "Is that even a thing?" Then you Google it, and if it is, then it's a thing. Um, like <laughs> that's the and, line. <laughs> and, and, and if you're the if you're the lens, then you get to do the default settings, which, as you can see based on my name, no one changes the default settings, right? So I'm sure in Edge, <laughs> let's 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 take a guess. What do you guys think the default search engine is in Edge? <laughs> um, do you guys think it's, it's Google? Ask not James Google. It's not Google. Google. It's, it, is it Yahoo? It's Yahoo. I'm pretty sure. No, it's yeah, not. Totally. <laughs> Is it Dogpile? Is it Dogpile? Yes, it is Dogpile. You know, that's a great search engine. DuckDuckGo. Everyone go check that one out. It's obviously it's MSN or whatever thing. Bing. It's Bing, Bing because it's not Google, dude. It's an acronym. Dude, the last time I used a Microsoft search product, it was MSN, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's really what it's about. I think you're right. It's about data collection. And I'm honestly, you know, it's shocking they haven't pushed this out sooner. But they did get sued for this. Remember the whole uh, Windows N yes. thing? Windows 10N or Windows 7N where like they got sued in Europe for including uh, Windows Media Player, which I, don't, I forget the exact reasons for it. But, you know, they're probably like, oh, we've been burned before, but we'll be, you know, let's start pushing people back onto our platforms again because, you know, we well, have the, the legal... And then keep, keep going. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so... Well, no. and, the, and the days are coming. Like, it, it's, it's somewhat numbered. <laughs> To the point of, you won't be able to choose what uh, what uh, browser you install on your system. Uh, at some point, we're all going to be running on systems that are more or less browsers only. Mm. And and so you won't necessarily, once you buy that Chromebook, you can't install Edge on it. And Microsoft knows that. So they're mm -hmm. trying really hard that while you're still running a Windows box, they're getting you into their ecosystem because that's how they're going to perpetuate themselves later on as the, as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, that's really, that is, you're right, I didn't really think about that, but you're right, that's kind of their last ditch effort. They don't have mobile anymore. They don't have no. really, I mean, I They'll guess you could, back. maybe, maybe, but I mean, right now, as far as like Windows user 11. market share, most people yeah. are switching to either mobile or, you know, these hybrid setups like iPads or like Windows services and stuff like that. So like, yeah, they, you're right. It's probably like, we got to get our numbers up, right? We got to, we got our user data harvesting isn't going as well as it needs to to build our... Well mega ai and it doesn't necessarily matter so much i don't i'm not i am not convinced that microsoft really cares to an extent how many people use windows anymore but what they do care an awful lot about is how many people are subscribing to office 365 so if you're oh, using yeah. a chromebook you're more likely to be using google sheets than, than office 365 yeah. so yeah no that, think, that's what they're really concerned with i think you're right noah they windows is just the platform that gets you to buy the services every month right and you yeah. know if they can convince you that windows is the one you want to use right then you'll use word and their you know office suite because it works together right i mean apple does the same thing it's right? just the data economy is what it is yeah it's the economy we talked about the ransomware economy well there's also the data economy right you have now what's valuable is not what a license fee and i guess a subscription is valuable but you yeah. know it's not about selling windows to someone it's about selling any product to someone and then harvesting their data and using it to deliver other services better. Yeah. Or selling it yeah. or reselling it. It's the, I mean, Windows, the perpetual license are done. Yeah. Windows is a loss leader. I mean, it's, it's 99 to $130 per person per machine. And that machine can run for however many years. 
it's it's a loss leader. You they, can, they don't. Yeah, and you they're spending more money. Developers, they probably wish that they could go to a browser only operating system. The businesses <laughs> would like string them up at that point. You could tell too that Microsoft's been making this move, and like some of the things that they've done with like the free upgrade from Windows Seven to Windows Ten, and like Windows Eleven free upgrade. It's always a free upgrade now. It's just like they're moving away from it, like. You know, it used to be like, hey, I got to, you know, I got to, if I want to upgrade to that new Windows, man, I got to, I got to go buy that. But now it's just like, you know, I, I bought Windows 7, I can upgrade that to 11. Like, it's just, they've moved away from it because they, they want you on that platform so that you'll make sure that you use Edge because that'll be the default and then make sure that you use Word and all the other things. And so I need to buy the subscription. So I need to get the OneDrive. And it, Dude, yeah, we do need a chart of the data economy environment. That's true. I, I remember it's it's kind of a half joke, but there was someone that tweeted like, "How do I sell my own data?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like can I just go on a marketplace and, and just here, I'll give it to you. If you it's worth this away for yeah. free, if it's worth that much money, how much can I sell it for? Like, I'll, I'll just auction it off. Like, how much? How much for my search results? I'll give you back to 2013. It's in Google Takeout. Yeah. I've done it with Google Takeout, and it's insanely creepy. So if anyone well, if anyone wants to purchase that, I'll put it on eBay. And, no, just, <laughs> NFT. I know that. NFT. <laughs> I know that Dude. at one point I tweeted out something along the lines of like, "Look, I'll be honest with you. I hate these commercials that mean absolutely nothing to me. So I will literally like, if, if you just give me an option, I will tell you what commercials to show me that I'm more likely to actually care about because I'm really tired of this. Yeah, it's that's everyone. Thing. Yeah, that's everyone. Right. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Well, uh, I'm going to go switch my default browser to uh, Edge because um, that's the right thing to do now, I've been told. But Dude, don't switch the defaults. If you do, you mess up the whole economy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a, you're going to mess everything up. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. We're all going to be custom building browsers in the future just so that we don't get data mined. Either that or... Dude, I, I, think, I think one of BHIS t-shirts should say that I changed the settings from default. I actually changed the settings. I changed. I I actually know what those settings are. I I didn't just go with defaults. But but then we go on our phones and we're searching things on Safari and and we're Uh, you know yeah because that's the default. Is there any other articles you guys wanted to talk about? We're at an hour, so we got we got to we got to ask Ryan our our minder. Did we break uh, the internet, Ryan? Yeah, we broke it. I yeah, guess let's wrap it. it up then. We're past the quota. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for joining us for another exciting episode where uh, John had to step away. I think he had to save some children from a burning building or something. So uh, he's a great guy. But, um, you gave him yeah. a lot of credit. I think his computer broke or something. <laughs> 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 One Linux. <laughs> we will see you guys next time. And uh, yeah, later, guys.